Baseball is back. It's summer, and we want to see those bright, shining, smiling faces all over the world. And we know how you can get them right here in Denver, Colorado, and that is by actually heading over to Lakewood, technically, to check out our good friends at Green Mountain Dental Group, just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They are extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of this. And check it out. They will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush just for scheduling a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Our good friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group, they help you get your best smile, they help you take care of yourself, and that Sonicare toothbrush is no joke. It is responsible for the bright, shining, dare I say glorious smiles of myself and Patrick Lyons here at DNVR Rockies, and we hope that you will let them be responsible for your bright shining smile this summer as baseball returns and you're sure to be sporting it off quite a bit so remember get a cleaning x-ray and exam today at green mountain dental and receive a free sonicare toothbrush Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. It is wonderfully delicious. It is infused with CBD. It literally changed my life. That's not a joke. That's not hyperbole. It has made a massive impact on my ability to fully and healthily live my life. There's your man, Patrick Lines, right there, our beat writer here at DNVR Rockies, sporting his Strava Craft Coffee mug. I, of course, I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies, and we have got a show for you today, thankfully, finally, after some technical difficulties and just me generally being an idiot. But we have managed to overcome those obstacles. It, it just was part of what happened today. It's <laughs> just part of the leading up and a natural course of, of generally existence. But we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today as baseball is returning. That means we get to talk about it. The Rockies have unleashed, I'm going to say, their roster. Uh, they've announced their roster on the world. We want to get into talking about all of that. We just had this morning a pretty long Zoom press conference call that both Patrick and I were in on uh, with Bud Black and Jeff Breidich. And we want to give some of our takeaways on that, everything from you know, how they're going to deal with COVID situations, what the team's going to look like, how they might do different things on the field, off the field, all of this stuff. But Patrick, I, I did want to begin today with a little bit of um, just a personal comment here on something that was touched on during this press conference that I thought, you know, is more important than anything else that's going on. And of course, you know, uh, Bud Black was asked about, actually specifically, and this is funny because I once asked Bud Black this exact same question, what will you do if, if a player takes a knee or will you take a knee during the national anthem? And while he never answered that question specifically, and he and Jeff Breidich both sort of intimated that they would support anyone who would want to do that and that they may, they even left the door open that they could even join them. But what I thought was more important, and, and I'll, I'll say this part up front, neither one of them said the phrase Black Lives Matter. Uh, I don't know that they were asked to. I don't know that they were expected to. I do think it's important that people do so unprompted when given the chance. But I thought that Bud Black's, I thought the most powerful thing about what Bud Black said was actually, you know, when he was talking about, he, he was more or less just saying, you know, it's a civil rights movement that's going on around our country and it's good for our country. But the, what I wanted to draw attention to was this. He said, and I hope it continues, because I have seen, I think, a lot of people around the country who are maybe on the other side of this thing, and maybe some people who are for the cause, but tired or frustrated. And I, I was at a a gathering recently and I don't go to many of them. There weren't many people there, very small gathering. And somebody said to me, 
I'm for it. I'm for all of it. I just don't know what the demands are. I don't know when it ends. And Bud Black said today, it's good and I hope it continues. And, and I want that to resonate with people. I want that to sit with people a little bit. As an older white man who's had money for most of his life, Bud Black was able to come to this recognition that this isn't just, uh, we all got mad about George Floyd and we're going to demand a couple of laws get passed and then it's over, we're moving on, we're going back to normal. There is no going back to normal. For some of us, it'll feel normal. For some of us, it'll calm down, specifically people that look like me. It will. It, there will be a time where it will feel like it goes back to normal. But for black people and otherwise people of color in this country, it cannot go back to normal. So what Bud Black said about how this needs to continue, not we need to find an end point, we need to resolve this, but we need to continue to have this conversation, keep making changes, keep evolving as somebody who spent years of his life in clubhouses with people from all nationalities and all backgrounds and all religions. I thought it was uh, a piece of wisdom today in the midst of other things. And so I, I hope people will take that with them. I do think it's a good thing. That's what he ended with. He discussed the fact that we're now discussing this topic. It's obviously very difficult and, and challenging and, you know, it's it's a privilege that some of us have not had to deal with certain these these certain things. But now people are getting educated, and again, there's a there's now a dialogue. And again, ultimately, Bud Black said it's a good thing, and doesn't know himself if if he'll kneel. And uh, you know, but it but it did sound like like Bradich and, and Black are going to be supportive of, you know, any players that do decide to make that stance. Because again, as part of this education process, we're understanding that kneeling during the national anthem isn't any kind of, you know, statement you're making against the troops or even necessarily against the country or like as if America is not a, a place of freedoms. That's one of the freedoms that, you know, uh, allow us uh, to do these certain things is, is to, you know, say, say what's on our mind and um, use a, the platform for, for different things like that. And, you know, athletes are, role models and yes we want to teach you know young people to stand up and show respect for the flag but to kneel during the national anthem is an opportunity to again have a conversation well why is that guy doing that well he loves his country so much and he wants everyone in that country to be treated equally he's doing it for human rights he's he's making a statement about something much larger than well hey we we want to be a, a positive role model, you know, I, you know, as an educator and a, a teacher and, you know, a, a family member to a lot of younger um, cousins and, you know, one day possibly a, as a father, that's going to be part of my role is to be a role model to my own children. Like my father's is my role model. And we talk all the time about this idea of, you know, how, I'm different than my father and, you know, where do you get it from? And I said, well, I get it from you. You worked so hard and that's why I'm a hard worker. And you're like this and you treat people equally and, and he's done it time and time again. He's shown me through example, not just in his words. And that's why I'm the way that I am. Not because of anything that Charles Barkley or Nolan Arenado or Carmelo Anthony, anything those guys have done, it's, it's because the people that are closest to me. So... I think that message of kneeling during the national anthem is about something entirely different than showing respect for troops, for the country, or anything that any American shouldn't be able to get behind. It's about human rights. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try to artfully transition that into sports talk, but I actually do think there's a connection. I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Our desire, especially on social media, to twist the intentions of those we disagree with. You think Ian Desmond shouldn't be cut from the team. You're an idiot who doesn't know baseball. You don't understand it. You don't get how the contracts work. We do this in sports all the time. Someone thinks that the team should do one thing. You think they should do another. Uh, it's not enough just to say you're wrong. We have to make their intentions bad. We have to turn them into lesser than or 
what and obviously this happens in, in many walks of life and like like you were talking about whether it's the national anthem and saying no i decide your kneeling is about this other thing or i decide people do this to me a lot i decide your critique of advanced metrics is because you don't like advanced metrics and you're a traditionalist who wants to be like you know joe morgan or something like that and it, it's we we jump to these conclusions we can all do a better job of understanding the intentions of others better and of uh, you know participating in earnest conversation rather than sinking to dunk on each other all the time i think another one of those was touched on while we're on the more sensitive topics today of the mask wearing and bud black said it so plainly and so easily this is another thing where people have tried to make wearing a mask into something that it's just not and he said it so plainly like we're going to wear masks we're going to wash our hands we're going to socially distance because everybody here cares about each other and we're all trying to take care of each other. And it was so plain and simple that you realize that to put any other methodology, it's about control. It's about that. No, we care about each other. Don't twist my intentions. Why am I wearing a mask? Why am I socially distancing? Why am I being a responsible manager of a leader of largely young men? Because we care about each other here. And we thank you, and Jeff Oroboros, Brad- for that. Yeah, and, and Jeff Bradich even stepped out and just completely unwarranted in, in, in talking about the, the, you know, obviously the coronavirus issues in, in certain places and what can happen if teams will have to go to neutral sites and, you know, the certain states that have been, you know, impacted more and, and how it could affect the 2020 MLB season. So just in focusing on how do we have a, a season this year, Jeff Bradich said, hey, kudos to the leadership that we've had in this state the you know essential workers that we've had people in hospitals and ultimately the citizens of the state of Colorado that have created an environment that have made it you know safer for people to go out and do the things that are necessary for them to do and the things that are necessary for athletes to be able to push their bodies to the limit to try to provide us a little bit of an escape so regardless of where you you stand on that again Colorado has done what you know they they they've can they've they've bought into you know science ultimately and uh and had a followed colorado leadership and said hey rockies players and and ultimately anybody else in any industry in the entire state you can now start to go back to your job and get some of that normalcy back so again when when we all buy in and when we're all on the same team we can do a lot bigger things and we're going to talk about all those things that rockies players can do that if they work together, you know, they, they can do some big things and not just 2020, but beyond. <laughs> I absolutely love what you just did with that analogy too. Like, yeah. How about we all just treat each other? Like we're on the same ball club. That's not a, that's not a terrible Go way America. to live in a society. Go it's America. Exactly. Right. That's like it. straight up. Um, the, the last, cause you're right. We got to get into all the fun stuff here about the, the players, what it's going to look like, what they can do. Um, and part of that is, uh, we were. It was confirmed today that all of the players are expected to show up. There's been some conversation about people who can opt out. I've mentioned particularly on this podcast the possibility of either or both of David Dahl or Scott Oberg not participating because of health concerns. Uh, it was made clear today they'll be there, at, at least to start. And again, um, I want to say two things on this one Everyone remembers we're not doctors and and we have to trust that everyone involved is doing what's best for themselves. We're not going to be able to judge that. And two, I saw the news about Mike Leake. And here's another thing I am not ever going to do during the course of this is say, oh, so-and-so's more of a team guy because he showed up for his ball club and -and so-and-so isn't because he decided to opt out because he's worried about his health. No, absolutely unacceptable in my book. If somebody says, I'm worried about my health, I'm worried about my family's health, that's the end of the conversation as far as I'm concerned. They get to take care of themselves. Yeah, Mike Leake, uh, of course, righty, starting pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, announced earlier today he was the first player to opt out. Uh, Soon after, the Nationals had two players, Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross. And I, I agree with you entirely about you know, criticizing any of these players. Again, Ryan Zimmerman came out over the weekend uh, discussing, you know, some of the 
the reasons that went into it as far as, you know, having a mother that he would likely not be able to see it until, you know, as soon as the season was over at best. She's a little bit older. His, his wife has some pre-existing conditions. Say what you will about, you know, Mike Leak making, you know, um, when all said and done, could make close to $100 million in his career. Ryan Zimmerman is over that. Joe Ross, he's only, you know, um, excluding this season, he's made like $2 million in his career. So, you know, again, small sample size. There's so many more players that may make a decision, may make that announcement to, to opt out. And I think, you know, again, whether it's talking about $2 million or a guy who's made close to $200 million, I think the, the choice to opt out on the season will be the same for both of those guys. It's about their safety, their sanity, and, you know, ultimately if, if, if it's just something where their heart's not going to be in it, then you, you have to understand that. And you have to understand that, you know, these players aren't, aren't just themselves. They didn't get there by themselves. My, myself, mm. I, mean, I can only use myself as an example. I've only gotten to where I have primarily because of my wife. My wife has been so supportive of me. And, you know, anytime I've, I've gotten in, in front of a camera, uh, Any time that we've recorded or written something down, she's allowed me the opportunity to do that by helping me out in so many numerous ways. Sometimes she's even transcribed for me in the past. So, like, those are things that I couldn't have done entirely on my own. So, if I had to quarantine somewhere down the street from Coors Field, you know, to, to cover the Rocky season, even if it was only for 66 days, I don't know that I could have even done it. And I'm not even making a million or so dollars, right. or close to that, but just under $1 million is what I make doing. <laughs> right, right. It's just that DNVR is really, really, <laughs> really making it these days. Uh, we got to, and, and yeah, like, by the way, same, like literally, and, and straight up the first several years of me doing this, people often ask me the question, you know, how'd you get the, the job? How did you get into this? It really, really helped that for three years I could write and broadcast and, and, study the Rockies and baseball without making any money. I was 100% supported by the two most important women in my life, my, my mother and my girlfriend. And, and it just, if I didn't have that, I literally, I mean, it's, it's not even like a, uh, you, you have to interpolate. Like I could, I literally could not have done it. I couldn't have written about baseball. I'd have gotten a normal job. I wouldn't be here. Um, so any baseball player who says I got to stick by my family and do this, Power to the people. Uh, we got a couple of questions in here from Matt and Will as we start in. I got to I gotta get the Breck Brew ready because Matt asking any announcement of the schedule release date. Will want to know, do you have any info on the schedule? Is it going to be the normal three-game series? Let me pop open a Breck Brew and answer that on the other side as I also dig into some food here from the farmhouse. Having a late lunch on a Monday afternoon. Use that promo code DNVR because you get five bucks off the food and the drink you can get it delivered you can go and pick it up uh where's that phone number let's let's give the phone number a shout out to you got to give them a call up help them out that's another one of the things like it, there's little things everyone can do these days to help out order ahead of time anywhere you can order ahead of time go pick up i was in a place today and this guy was just taking a laundry list of time in a store where only two people are allowed in no call the number 303 803 one three eight zero from noon to eight p.m. You tell them what you want, then you go and pick it up, nice and easy. You're helping everybody out. You get delicious food. You get delicious beer. I got the Hot Peak IPA I'm drinking right now. It's because I've run out of the Mile High Copper Lager, and there's only one way to run out of the Mile High Copper Lager. I'll let you logic aficionados figure out how that happened. Drew, with with your uh, reddish facial hair complexion, much like mine, mm -hmm. you know your nickname could even be. The Mile High City Logger. Oh, Excuse me, Mile High Copper Logger. The Copper Logger. You could be the Copper Logger. I could be. In fact, if you were a, uh, like if, if you were a lumberjack, you would be a Copper Logger. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Wordplay. Wordplay. Wow. Drew Creaseman, the Mile High Copper Logger. Copper Logger. Oh, and on that note, let's <laughs> talk. So the, the answer, uh, sorry for the tease, but the answer to your questions, guys, is no, uh, we, we didn't actually get any information on the schedule, but that's actually in a way news in and of itself. Like we're a few days away from camp beginning, uh, summer camp, <laughs> as we've decided to call it. And they don't know. Jeff Reitich was asked point blank today, like, 
will we see five game series? He was like, no idea. <laughs> I, I will say actually, Jeff Breidich was in rare form today. He was funny. He was he was engaging. Like no questions about Nolan Arenado. So I guess it's easier for him to be. Um, but I, I thought that was uh, particularly interesting. So we're still waiting. One of the things that uh, Breidich said though was that he does not expect the schedule to be perfectly balanced. That he doesn't think there's going to be a way to make that happen. And so. I would not be in the least bit shocked to find that the Rockies have a difficult uh, strength of schedule and, for example, have more road games against the Dodgers than home games. I would suspect that to be the case. And and if there are five game series, then you know then that it would play out that way. What would really be strange if they had ten games against the Dodgers, whether they're three, four, or five game series, and all ten. We're in Los Angeles. That could be on the table. That could absolutely be on the table, because again, it's it's you just want to get those games in, and I think that's what they want to do. So I think it makes the most sense to have five game series again if you're playing AL West teams, because there are only going to be 20 games against them. It'll just be you know four games at each. At least that's how it breaks down nice and neatly. But when they go to make the schedule, it might make more sense to. Again, have have six in, in in one location, six in another, and and then two. How how good is my math? Two four game series, and then they never even play the Houston Astros. Or right. maybe they have the uh, misfortune of not even playing Seattle, because again, everything's already been thrown out of the whack. Players Association aren't going to file a grievance because Colorado didn't get a chance to play the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> so. It could be as crazy as that. And I think they're probably waiting to, you know, make the schedule because of any, you know, last minute changes. Again, if Arizona can't play at Chase Field, right. A, where do they play? And B, how does that mess up the travel plans, right? Yeah. Do you now have Arizona pushing in with Houston and Texas? That probably is, is a more likely uh, scenario than Texas, uh, rather uh, than Arizona coming up and sharing Coors Field with the Rockies. There's there's a lot of numerous ways this can play out, and because you know Breidich said you know this is a day to day operation, uh, he w- he was speaking specifically talking about you know matchups you know uh, late in the game and, and how long players are going to go and uh, uh, starting pitchers how how long they're going to go, and I really think that could be kind of you know, be the, the response to everything. It's day to day. And there's even, there were even some questions that we had for him that he just didn't have an answer to simply because MLB has not even worked out all the minutia on. Like Justin Lawrence has an 80-game suspension. Yeah. The season is 60 games long. Well, this poor man, who may or may not have made a mistake, mm. we can get into that another day as far as the testing that went into that. Um, but... He's going to be suspended for 2018, excuse me, 2019, and not even play until 2021. So yeah. there's there are still some tiny grains of sand that still need to be pulled out, examined under a microscope, and we'll figure out what those things are. But I can guarantee you this, Will. We will have a schedule by July 23rd. <laughs> as soon as they start playing games. But maybe not well, a day more than that. <laughs> we're going to have to do – well, and in so few games, we'll have to bring on the – we should do this. We'll uh, bring on the Broncos guys and do a schedule release show because we'll be able to run through the whole season. There's only 60 games, and they're they're all going to matter that much more. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, one of the other interesting things, speaking of the minutia that they just don't know about yet, I hadn't even really fully thought this out until today – um, but Jeff Reidich said they're still trying to work out whether or not they'll actually be able to play exhibition games against other teams. Think about that for a second. And 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 if you hadn't considered it, you're probably already two or three steps ahead of what I'm about to say because you're a Rockies fan and you know exactly why that's the case. Um, that, well, they're in the middle of the country and there aren't very many teams that are close. And every time they go on the road, they have to leave their own time zone. And as such, during exhibition play, it's just not going to be feasible when they're at Coors Field to be getting a bunch of teams in and out of here for a one-game exhibition. So they currently don't have any 
on the schedule. It could be that their entire spring training summer camp is inter-squad games preparing for real Major League Baseball, no actual competition against the opponents. And for any of these summer collegiate teams that are playing in the state of Colorado, or shout-out to Matt Replinger and his Denver Browns, they unfortunately are not an option for you know, to play the, the Rockies in any kind of exhibition game. Again, the, the less people that you have on the inside of the bubble, or at least coming into the bubble, the better off and the safer that everyone involved in MLB is going to be. So unfortunately, they don't have no options for that. You know, there was a discussion about, you know, uh, the alternate site, the satellite location for uh, these additional players. And uh, Metro State is on the table. Uh, I I think it sounds like that's where some of the uh, half of the roster will probably go during spring training 2.0 that they have. And then come the regular season, it will be down in Albuquerque. It is about a six, six and a half hour drive. Uh, I'm sure Josh Fuentes last year when he did it, it was probably close to five and a half. <laughs> and uh, that was a, that was a great story how he got his MLB debut. And then, you know, sure enough, a week or so later, Jesus Tinoco flies in uh, much, much easier. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah. But the facility down in, 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 in Albuquerque for the isotopes is fantastic. Yeah. Again, they won't have any opportunities to, to get in any exhibition games that will all be inner squad stuff going on down there, anywhere from 30 to 35 players. And, he, and again, going back to the exhibition stuff, is that if, if the Rockies do happen to open the season, which is going to be the first time in several years that the Rockies have played on opening day and maybe the last time that that ever happens in our lifetime, who right. knows? But if they have an exhibition game with the team that comes in, even if it's two games, that means, you know, if, if it's the Giants coming to town, hey, we're going to play two games of exhibition with our 30 guys, not the not the full 60-man roster, because by that point, cuts will have been made and guys will be, you know, wherever San Francisco is, is training. I'm, I'm guessing that's probably going to be Sacramento, uh, as the Rivercats are their AAA affiliate. But what are you even going to see? You know, you're not going to see the, the, the best of the Giants players, or, or you are going to get looks at guys. It's just going to be totally abnormal and it's going to be unlike you know anything we've seen before you know if you've got johnny cueto starting on opening day for the giants he might pitch a couple innings you know maybe maybe just one to shake the cobwebs out of the first exhibition game which would never happen in you know in in a normal season where you would even sniff that guy within a month of opening day but again circumstances are much different and modus operandi is let's just play a season well you know quotation marks around that however whatever however you want to deal with it let's just see if we can try to do that much at least yeah i mean it's yeah see what happens play baseball do what you can make the best of it uh i did think it so so and this is a good example of that, actually, because there was a, a funny moment there during the press conference where, uh, you know, another reporter um, not from the area was asking about that travel problem of like, you know, travel's a real issue right now with COVID and all these other things and not having these exhibition games. And you guys are going to have to travel so much more than all of these other teams. And I just had this big smile on my face that nobody could see. So I was just like, that's always the case. <laughs> like, like, welcome to a problem the Rockies have had for a very long time. And and a few other teams deal with it a little bit in, in some ways, too. But the altitude also adds an element to it. But it, it, it was kind of funny. So it, I think that's just a reminder. Like, yeah, stuff's going to be weird. But a lot of it's going to be weird in a way that's similar to to how things were before, right? Like, ultimately, it's still going to be baseball. They're going to get out there. They're going to play. We're going to find out what the schedules are. Since the invention of interleague play, we haven't had completely balanced schedules anyway. If the Rockies hadn't had to play the Astros the last couple of seasons, uh, they might have won the division in 2018 if they didn't, uh, if they had just a normal strength of schedule where the Dodgers were playing the Mariners or whoever. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, 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 my blanket statement for a lot of these weird changes is embrace them. 
let, let's let's have fun this year. Let's enjoy the hell out of this season. We get baseball back. Resist the temptation, even if. And I did it just a second ago. I said the Rockies are going to get this terrible schedule, and it's going to and it put whatever they're going to get to play baseball. And if you're a good team, if you're a great team, you don't care who's on your schedule. So beat whoever shows up that day. Play some baseball. What do you think, Patrick? Does that work for you? Does yeah. that work as a mantra? Absolutely. I I just want there to be a season or a part of a season. What whatever we can get is going to be good. And once once the games are back, yeah, it'll be a little bit weird without you know fans in the stands. Maybe your faces will be there. We know. That I think the Giants uh, reached out to their season ticket holders and said, "Hey, you know, you can you can send in photographs of yourselves, and we'll we'll put them on all the chairs and things of that nature uh, on the seat backs. So you'll have a you know an opportunity to maybe see yourself at at Coors Field, even though you're not there. But when once the game is back, all of these minor details will almost be irrelevant. And and the real fun thing will probably be in 10, 15 years from now, when people don't even remember all the minor details that went into this, like. As as long ago as as 1995 was, yeah, it's 25 years ago, but you know, in that strikes shortened season of 94, and when they came back in 95 with replacement players, those details are so murky, and ultimately they really weren't that important. Right. You know, starting with a 28 man roster and things of that nature, and there's a lot of details in all this that might not be terribly important. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling overwhelmed by all these moving pieces, just know, baseball is going to come back, July 23rd couple games, July 24th, it's back. There's going to be a 60-game season. There's going to be a normal playoff, so you don't have to wrap your mind around that. And it's going to be a push, and players are going to be going all out like you've never seen before. And it's going to be incredibly exciting, and there's a very strong chance that the matchup that we see in the World Series is going to be two teams that have not played each other all season long. We were not going to be able to go back and say, hey, you know, when they did play these three games where there's a good chance – we're not going to see that. And that, yeah. that's, that's exciting. The 2020 season, unlike any other before, that's one reason why it's going to be more exciting than any other as well. It, it really is going to be amazing. And, Matt, I, I see your question about, you know, if we're going to do crazy broadcasting stuff. We're going to do as much as we can. Obviously, the rights to broadcast games are, are owned by other people, and so we won't be able to do stuff like that. But we we're going to – I mean, one of the – the silver linings of our stay-at-home lockdown order is we have figured out how to do a lot of things from a distance. So we're going to have live shows, if I may use one of my favorite phrases, out the wazoo. We're going to be bringing you constant content. Uh, you saw we had Kyle Freeland on just last week. Get get ready for more of, of that kind of stuff. Um, more people on, more regulars, um, more people from the DNVR staff. We're just going to be blowing out this whole thing and, and really celebrating baseball. Um, and, and once there's actually baseball to talk about, being able to dive into it even deeper with video. And uh, I, I mean, we're going to have games. We're going to be playing trivia shows. Hopefully we can get you all involved with all of that as well. You can come and join us in the lounge and the discord. And we're going to get everybody out on the WGT golf course. I can promise you that much because it's fun. It's enjoyable it's also stressful but <laughs> only if you decide you want to become amazing at it it is the most beloved and most realistic free golf game in the world loved by over 20 million people around the world including the two of us right here on dnvr rockies in fact everybody here on the dnvr staff playing wgt these days we had a tournament over the weekend. I did not actually see the final. I saw people were po posting their uh, individual performances, but I, I assume DNVR won one, one, one. That would be correct. One, one. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the OG DNVR did incredibly well. I uh, did not fare so well. I was a little cocky, did not have my practice round. Like I usually try to do and, that that's that like like Clint Hurd, Hurdle said, there are two types of baseball players: those that are humble, and those that are about to be. And let me tell you what, I was the latter, and it showed in my score. So oh. disappointing, but you know what? Kudos to everyone that, which was most people who finished ahead of me yesterday and over the weekend. Such a that's such a good quote. Um, you know, Matt Matt asked another question here in the comments that no, I really don't think there's any inclination that they'll 
get rid of the leagues so that we could see an NL versus NL World Series. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the decade, now that the DH is gone, some of these other things, like, why not? Like, why? I've actually, in all sports, I'm kind of in favor of reseeding. The travel is always the biggest issue. But, like, whoever has the most wins should be the number one seed across the sport. And whoever's the team that makes the postseason that has the, the fewest number of wins should, should be at the bottom of the bracket. And that's not always the case. So I'm in favor of stuff like that, Patrick. Now that there's going to be universal DH, do you see any real reason to continue to keep it AL, NL? I would. I would like like that. Um, however, I that certainly could go away. You know, if we had had the kind of the, the, the bubble situation in Arizona and Florida, you know, you, you very easily could have had Red Sox Athletics World Series, right? Because come playoff time, they're not going to immediately, you know, have Boston, you know, fly, fly out to, to Oakland and then have Colorado, you know, have, have to fly out to the, the east coast of Florida to play the Marlins because those are both National League teams and the other two are American League teams. So that would have been wiped away and, and could have possibly helped, you know, um, change the, the the conversation in that so I, d- I don't think that'll be happening anytime soon but you know stranger things have, have certainly happened um my, my opinion on that uh, could very easily change i know in mls that has been something that has happened and i think they've even tried to use you know the east versus the west and you've got you know uh, the philadelphia union or the the new york red bulls representing the west and you go um okay all right if you if you say so so they'd really have to you know change some things around and yeah um it it would it would make more sense if it really became east coast versus west coast and you just kind of split up the central divisions right and then you know you it would it would make a little more sense and i know mlb would be in favor of that because that would mean that much less travel i mean they're doing it this year they have the regions playing against each other so you know they it doesn't mean we have three leagues because you can't effectively have a playoff system with yeah. three different leagues playing each other. If you had four, maybe, yes. But um, I, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. But, hey, I'm, I'm all for anything that, that, that makes the game all that much better. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a baseball historian. I'm, I'm someone of a purist in a lot of ways. But, again, educate yourself and be open and listen and be willing to change, yeah. whether that's talking about baseball or how you treat another human being. We could have, we could have implemented our one of our new games, but we don't have it yet, right? I just, I just thought of we, we could have had thumbs that up. set. Yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down, safe out. It was the Charles Cobb. I, I'm going, I'm going full Chuck Nasty on that one. No one knows what I'm talking <laughs> about right now, and you will in the future. Just hang with us. It's going to be fun, folks. We're getting ready. You're, you're still throwing fun ideas at us, so we'll talk about the roster in just a second. I like Will. The U.S. versus World All-Star Game. I love that idea, though. I do think the world's going to kick the ass of the U.S. for the first little bit there. When you look at, so The world is a very big place. <laughs> There's a lot of players in baseball from around there. But I think that would be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I love seeing that when it comes to the Futures game. You know, when you, you've got the, the U.S. versus the, the World um, teams there yeah. uh, on the you know two days before the all-star game the night before the home run derby and again that's that's always just a a fun model of doing things the nhl has had that you know in, in years past although i think it was more like north america because there simply aren't that many american hockey players we need to kind of corral the canadian players yeah. on our side so to speak so yeah in any of those ways to to make the game that much more interesting i i, I more than welcome it no no doubt about it yeah, it he does put some people in a in a weird spot where they have to choose, and that's <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of baseball guys who are, you know, D- Dominican, but they grew up here or or whatever else. There's a lot of that in baseball. Um, uh, yonder, no, 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 <laughs> no, yeah, Yonder Alonso. Um, I don't know how he would choose to identify himself, so. Um, anyway, let us, uh, let me, let me remind you of one last thing. And then we're going to wrap up our conversation here on the roster and some of the other news and notes from today's press conference. I do need to remind you though, that rugby is, and I quote dope. It is dope. It is dope. 
That was my own quote. I quoted myself there. That is my opinion of the sport. Having fallen in love with it while also falling in love with hockey, I will say rugby, I feel like I understand a little bit better than hockey. It's it's a little bit more intuitive to me. I've been listening to some of Colton Strickler's 101 pods. You should do the same. The DNVR Raptors podcast. Super informative, super interesting, and very entertaining. You can get one-on-one interviews with the players. Some of these guys are real funny. Uh, they're real open. They they, they want to tell their stories. They want to celebrate the game of rugby. They're not quite as closed off as sometimes the, the big stars in other sports can be. I will say the Rockies have always been great with us. We've, we've not had any issues. But I do know that sometimes, you know, in other sports... Uh, those guys, the rugby players, these guys are great. It's like it's like you're talking rugby and drinking a beer with another guy who just loves rugby. He just also happens to play it because he's six foot four, two hundred sixty pounds, and built like a Volkswagen. Uh, these guys are fantastic. Check them out. Uh, I promise you'll love it. Give it a try. Order some merch. You'll look awesome. Rugby is dope. And it helps to talk with a guy who's the size of a VW when you're more like the size of a Fiat. Yeah. So it what makes you feel a little more comfortable actually, when you're on the road. One of the guys is actually named Harley Davidson. <laughs> and he moves like a vehicle. It's it, Yeah, no, all 100% true. All right, Patrick. The 60-man roster the uh, <laughs> was released yesterday for the Colorado Rockies. It had 52 names on it. I was surprised by zero of them, uh, which is unfortunate. I was kind of hoping that that the it it was about as by the books, <laughs> down the line, uh, guys who have pro experience or closest to pros who are solid. No super exciting prospects on there other than maybe Ryan Rollison. What did you think of the list? Yeah, no surprises, and I think that's that's an unfortunate thing for the 60-man yeah. roster that was really only 52 guys. And then, as we talked to Jeff Breidich, he said that Wes Parsons and Tommy Doyle were also uh, called and, and are going to be a part of that team. So now the number's at 54. Yeah, you have, you know, around baseball, a lot of, you know, interesting approaches by some of these teams. There, there was no team that uh, had a full 60 guys uh, that that came on the original roster. In fact, I think Baltimore might have even had the smallest roster at only 44 players. And I think some of that has to do with the fact that the 60-man roster uh, is replacing the 40-man roster in, in many ways in that if you want to remove a guy from the 60-man, you're going to have to do it the same way you removed a guy from the 40-man. And if you go ahead and, and you need that roster spot, if, if the Rockies are, you know, going late into the season and even if they just need a body on the final day on september 27th and they're just going to need somebody as a as a fourth outfielder and you know you brought chris mcmahon along and and you and you cut him for for some reason right your your uh, second round pick in, in 2020 he probably wouldn't be that guy that you get rid of but if you cut somebody to to make room for that fourth outfielder you just shot yourself in the foot yeah. So it's easier to add guys than it is going to be, you know, to take, take them off. So yep. right now Rockies are at 54. They've got room for six more guys. I don't know when uh, there's going to be a deadline. I know players um, need to be on an active roster by September 15th in order to be eligible for the playoffs. So, you know, theoretically by that date or maybe even just before them, if the Rockies are, you know, really out of contention, they can say, well, you know what? Let's use the final two, three weeks of the season. Let's give an invite to Zach Veen, who's not going to play at Coors Field, but he'll be down in Albuquerque to work on some development. Could be Michael Toglia, last year's first uh, first overall pick. It could be Grant Levine, who was the second player selected in 2018, Taron Vavra. So there's a couple of those young guys, I think, that would definitely benefit you know, from from having a little bit more development this year because with that lost year, not only does that stunt their development, but they're now a, a year older. Taron Vavra yeah. is going to be 24 next year. You know, Toglia will be 23. So, you know, the guys are, are no longer spring chickens, even though it seems like you just got them into your system. So it's it's an opportunity to, to again, develop some of these guys, give them some experience where they wouldn't normally since there's not going to be a minor league season. 
Robert Hassel was taken eighth overall by the Padres. He's on their 60-man roster. Tyler Soderstrom was just inked by the Oakland Athletics. 18-year-old catcher. Talk about guys being far away from the majors. He is going to be on Oakland's 60-man roster. These moves that are happening, Bryce Jarvis, Jared Schuster, guys who could actually contribute uh, on the big league level, even though they were just drafted this year. You go, ah, man, it would be really exciting to see Zach Veen. Um, not literally, but to, to, to know that he's going to get an opportunity yeah. or Chris McMahon or even like a Sam Weatherly. It would be really interesting if those guys were, were added to a 60-man roster for Colorado. Uh, but as of right now, it's not going to happen. It could happen in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, and, and a lot of that will be, you know, back to, like you said, the watchword phrase of, of the year is going to be day-to-day. And actually, after hearing one particular bit of info, which is that the rules have been relaxed about, or eliminated, <laughs> no, not relaxed, eliminated about how many pitchers you're allowed to keep on your roster, um, that to me means that I'm actually surprised that the Rockies have already committed to 54 dudes because if you have this extra bit, you, you want that flexibility. A guy like Jacob Wallace, who was a reliever out of college could be really interesting, even though he's a little bit further away. If he, you see him start to progress, you could jump him out there. Chris McMahon's the only guy from this draft who I think maybe could have actually contributed. Like you said, the other guys would have just been more interesting to see him get some work, see him out there doing some stuff, just hear about him being out there. Before I forget, Jeff Breidich did say that they're quite hopeful, that was the exact quote, that they will sign Drew Romo. Uh, just the way he said it, you know, I I suspect that they'll get that done. Um, and uh, you, you wouldn't expect to see him there either. But with that flexibility that, you can just grab guys and have an army of relievers to help you out. I, I think that's going to be good news for the Rockies. Obviously, that's yeah, presuming some of these young pitchers can pan out a little bit for them. Two other interesting notes is that this year's trade deadline has obviously been moved back to August 31st, but so has the rules for the trade deadline. Now, um, Based on the information that we've seen so far, uh, unless there's any wrinkles that I'm missing, you can only trade players that are on a 60-man roster. So if Colorado says, hey, you know what, and maybe it is time to move on from Nolan Arenado, St. Louis or whoever else is out there that, that wants Arenado as part of their squad is only going to be able to give them players on the 60-man roster and not dip into players that they just drafted from 2020, uh, maybe their top international free agent that right. they signed a couple years ago. They will be limited in that. So I think overall we may even see less trades made uh, at the major league level or, or any level for that matter. Yeah. The other one being um, if, if you are a subscriber to DNVR, you can uh, see a little bit of the breakdown of the 60-man roster that was posted earlier today on Monday that Colorado only had is it six? I mean, I'm second guessing myself. Uh, no, I think they had eight uh, outfielders on mm. their uh, on their their 60 man, and that number could reduce to about six when you consider that you know David Dahl. We still don't know if he's going to opt out. Um, there has not been any mention of that. I know there was uh, some reference to uh, everyone being expected to go, but I also know. You know, information about this and players' health is being kept under wraps, and right. the Rockies are not at liberty to communicate those things right now. And as we've seen uh, from a couple players, I know uh, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz and Von Miller of the Denver Broncos uh, were players who, in the early days of this back in, in, in March, had tested positive for COVID-19, and they still don't feel like they are themselves. And this is after months. So Charlie Blackman uh, having, you know, tested positive for COVID-19, as reported by Kyle Newman of the Denver Post. That means you might not have Blackman or Dahl in your outfield, at which point you are now incredibly thin in the outfield. Even if you put Garrett Hampson out there in center field, that means you need Sam Hilliard to continue to make that growth, and that's a lot of pressure to put on a young guy, and you're going to need to see a lot more growth out of Rymel Tapia in left field. And right now, the Rockies organization is somewhat barren on the higher levels uh, in the minor league system in the outfield. So that could be 
uh, a very challenging spot for Colorado if things end up playing out that way. That would certainly be of a concern. We hope Charlie has a, a full recovery. We hope David is, you know, his health is, is fine. And, and if he decides to play, all the support in the world that everyone does what they need to do in order to keep him and everyone else safe. And if he opts out, that's a fully understandable point, uh, I think, by anyone who uh, understands what this could do to someone with a compromised immune system like David Dahl. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll throw one other name into the mix just because I didn't have him there until I sat down with a good friend of ours. Not sure I should necessarily say who actually put me onto this information just in case. But somebody mentioned to me, uh, Chris Owings is very much uh, a candidate to play in the outfield. He played some center field for Arizona reportedly at a, at a quality level. Um, and, and I think Owings was acquired by this organization as a buffer, as a, as a veteran catch-all. He can play basically anywhere on the diamond except catcher. Uh, he can't hit. Like, straight, sorry, like a, he's, he's got some pop in that bat. I don't, I've never liked his offense. He's hitting And that's nine, a problem, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a major um, problem. Again, if, if, if you, you got the outfield, you know, Colorado's always had quality outfielders. And if Garrett Hampson and Chris Owings are in your outfield. Hey, they're going to cover a lot of ground. They're going to do a nice job defensively. But, again, what are you getting offensively out of the lineup? We do have the universal DH, so that could make up for some of it. But right. certainly that is a concern in a shortened 60-game season. Yeah, I think Tapia is going to – I mean, no one's – I believe in Tapia, breaking news. Um, I think Hampson's got what it takes. But you're right, there's no way around – you need at least one of Dahl or Blackman – if if they're without both of them for a majority of the season, that's a massive. That's just a massive blow to yeah. their their capabilities. The same way we would be having this conversation is like they'll have one of either Story or Arenado. That's maybe one level up, but still, if you're if you're going, God, they need they kind of need both of those guys. <laughs> kind of, you know, and it'd be worse in the pitching staff still if we had questions about like whether or not Marquez or Gray were going to pitch at all. That would be worse. Um, that that would be you know from a competitive. Obviously, again, remember we're separating these conversations from a competitive standpoint. Um, as that is, might be a, that might be a conversation for another day because I I would say that they're probably about equal. That's interesting. I would say they could be about equal, but we'll have to put a pin in that one for sure. Yeah, yeah, we we may have to we ha- we may have to debate that one because overall, I see people you know reacting to this roster, and and here's here's an example of it right now. A A Novak saying, "Do we really have to go through another season with Sean McGee, even a sixty game season?" Well, here's an interesting answer to that, A Novak. Maybe not. They'll be there. You're going to see, look, if you're if you're following it like we are and you're going to watch every pitch that's broadcast and you're going to read every tweet that I send out, there's going to be some Brian Shaw and Jake McGee in your timeline. There's going to be some on your computer screens, on your TV. Um, but there doesn't need to be that much. One, again, one of the things about this season is that those contracts have not been shifted over unless something weird has happened that was never announced. And again, people are still figuring out some minutia here. Sean McGee can be cut for a fraction of what they originally could have been cut for. They can be cut for their prorated salaries. So they have to show if they don't pitch well, you can set them on the bench or cut them from the roster 10 times easier than you could in a normal season. And, 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 and with with a thirty man roster too, you've got four more. Rather, you have five more guys, um, and at least three of them are going to be pitchers too that you can go to. And with a shortened season, you just you don't you can't have the patience that you would normally have in in a hundred sixty two game season. So ultimately, if one of the guys is not getting it done, they're going to have to go to somebody else because you don't know if they're going to recapture it. You don't know that that guy is going to be there. And you may need to say, okay, that's that's it. We're gonna we're gonna move you down to to Albuquerque. You're gonna be on the on the taxi squad again. We don't know all the details of that. I think I think there's gonna be some fluidity where you might be able to move guys off of a 26 man roster 
and and kind of shift him over to a 60-man roster. It's it's not entirely clear. I know the Giants did that with Pablo Sandoval and, and Billy Hamilton, so uh, it might not be as easy as that. But you're right. We I think you and I, Drew, we talked about that on Friday and, and kind of spitballed some ideas and said, wait a minute, they're not actually making that full salary. Now, again, the Rockies haven't necessarily liked to, to do that and buy out guys' contracts, especially since a couple of those guys next year you know, still have a buyout that you would, you know, you'd almost guarantee you have to pay. We don't know what um, the certain clauses in those contracts that trigger, you know, if if uh, certain players, you know, pitch so many innings or make so many appearances, obviously they can't do that now. How does that end up working? You know, is, is it uh, something that, again, has to go to an arbitrator to figure out and you don't actually save the money that you thought? Right. You know, these, you know, hopefully those are questions ultimately that the Rockies don't have to answer. Because Shaw and McGee, you know, end up end up doing what they they want them to do, or or at least are just adequate enough where you go, hey, you know, we're going to need everybody, you know, up and down that bullpen. Starters are going four innings at at at, at first, five innings, and so we are going to need somebody to to throw the fifth and sixth innings, and or or somebody on the seventh inning because so and so is not available one day or the next so you're going to need all of those guys and ultimately now that you've got close to 60 in camp to cut a brian shaw mcgee or anyone else on this roster that's not getting the job done that might be you know irksome to a fan out there you are now really dipping deep into the system for a replacement because again we're, we're talking about guys that maybe have only experienced double a and haven't been playing a triple a season Right, are, right. We we don't know the details yet of what um, sort of the free agent taxi squad in Nashville is going to look like. You know, there has been some discussion there that that free agents are going to be there. You know, maybe Yasiel Puig is uh, now becomes an option. That's a guy that we've been wanting to talk about for the past week. He's still a free agent, even though it seems like he's been linked to San Francisco in a lot of ways. You know, maybe you know Colorado finds out you know the the status of of either one of their two all-stars and says, shoot, we need to move and grab another bat for the outfield that's that's competent. Maybe we do need Yasiel Puig because we do believe in this roster. That is on the table. So a lot of things are changing. And, again, as, as this 2020 season goes along, even before we get there, keep it tuned to DNVR Rockies because uh, we've got the breakdown on, on all of these moving pieces, where, where it's going to go where it could lead and how it's going to impact the Colorado Rockies this year. Yeah, it, it's going to be insane one way or the other, but I will say, you know, the, the phrase everyone's been using is it's a sprint. This is going, this baseball season, they're normally a marathon and this one's going to be a sprint and the Rockies are as well built for a sprint as anybody in baseball. Um, they, they've done it several times before. They tend to sprint out of the gate and not, pace themselves well and what you were talking like my two biggest issues with them in 2019 i wrote about this and i talked about it throughout the whole year was how long they'll wait to make the adjustment they left ian desmond in center field for way too long they left wade davis as the closer for way too long they had other peoples that could step up and do those jobs they just didn't do it until it was too late and i think their their hands are just going to be forced here they have to sprint they can't give guys too many opportunities who are failing. They'll have to make quicker decisions. They'll have the excuse of the uniqueness of the season for any ball player that might go, hey, I've earned my right to be a whatever. Like, bro, we got 60 of these. No one's earned the right to do anything. Sit down on the bench until you can help us win baseball games. It's an easier conversation to have in a year like this. And so... You know, I for whatever, and, and I see A. Novak's point about, you know, Bud Black loving veterans. I've never fully bought into that narrative. I understand where it comes from. But all of those, th this was my thing on Twitter the other day, and this is what I want to be my final point of today's conversation. All of those things about the Rockies do X and not Y, or player, that all goes out the window. Get rid of all of it. Forget everything you think you know about baseball about the Colorado Rockies, and especially about you and me. Sorry, that was a Fight Club quote at the end there, if anyone. I hope you enjoy the film. But forget everything you think you know. 
because they lose in Miami every year. Are they even going to Miami? They they yeah. can't, you know, they they can't win on national television. Is every game going to be on national television? Will any game be on national television? Nolan Arenado destroys the Giants. Yeah, when there's 20,000 people screaming, we hate you. We we don't know. Let's watch. Let's see what happens. The Rockies, um, whatever. You, you think they don't trust the young guys? You change. None of, it's all different now. With a 30-man roster, the 60-man roster, with 60 games, it changes every conversation. So I, I tend to try to get away from the narratives as much as possible anyway. we You have to abandon all of the narratives. This isn't going to be like any of that. And, and ultimately, it doesn't matter how much you even believe in this roster because even the Detroit Tigers, who selected one overall, because they were the worst team in all of baseball last year. They've got an opportunity. They just got to get hot for 60 games, and that's very easy to do. In fact, you might not even even need to get hot because, again, we see it every year when it comes playoff time, and you have a team slipping into the playoffs with just 88 wins. That's not a great team. It's a good team, you know, very good team, at least yeah. for, for stretches, but also a mediocre team at times too. So, again, what that looks like, all you, you might only need to be three games over 500, and that you might slip into the playoff with the final wild card. And even the worst team in baseball has that opportunity. So you're right, Drew. This is going to be exciting. Sprint to the finish. We haven't even started yet. Right now we're just loosening up. We're doing some plyometrics. We're, we're stretching out our hamstrings, making sure we don't pull anything. And it's going to be – you're hydrating right now, maybe somewhat questionably before a sprint. <laughs> but regardless, you are hydrated and you are ready to go for the full 60-game season. Breck Brew is good for all purposes. <laughs> it's an all-purpose drink. Uh, yeah, and, and I'll say what I, I said to you earlier when we were talking. We were, we were talking with Adam Maros about, you know, what do we – okay, so realistically, what can the – rock? and I said in 2017, this – more or less same group, swap out DJ and Ryan McMahon. Y'all know, you've been paying attention. More or less the same group of players. When Nolan Arenado hit the famous walk-off for the cycle on Father's Day, that put your ball club at about two and a half months or 60-some-odd games into the season at 20 games over 500. If the Rockies play like they did from the beginning of 2017 until Father's Day in a 60-game set starting now, Yes, they can win the World Series. It's it, it, it. Yes, that is that. Now, if they play how they did, starting immediately the next day after the walk off, and they lose, you can't have a stretch like that ever. That's the other thing, right? How many times have I come on this podcast after a terrible stretch and said, "You guys, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay." Well, if they start three and twelve this year, it's not going to be okay. <laughs> and if I tell you that, I'm lying to you. Uh, but the other thing is also true. I wanted to end on the positive. So, I mean, think it like literally this ball club was at one point 20 games over 500 and it was out of the gate. They do that now. Your club can win a championship. Simple as that. Bottom line, period. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't say it any, any better myself. The, this season is going to be incredibly interesting. Every game isn't going to be worth double. It's going to be closer to three times. Yeah. Every game is worth three wins. Oh. And do the math on what that means when you're playing the Dodgers. Oof. So it's it's going to be exciting. And and I'll, I'll this will be the only year that we'll be, we're going to be excited looking at the schedule. Right. Because, again, we don't know if, how balanced it's going to be. Uh, rather, you know, if, if they're going to play the Dodgers ten times or if it's going to be twelve or 16, it could be something wild like that. We'll actually have to break those things down uh, and, and, and see if it's weighted in one way or another. So, again, we've got a, a lot to look forward to in a, in a very short amount of time, and, a, and I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what, what, what comes in the next you know, couple weeks ahead before just, we get started for opening day oh, in July. We're going to do it. Oh, we're going to do it. Less than a month away. So if you also can't wait... 
Make sure that you're following both of us on the social media at Patrick D. Lyons at Drew Creaseman. You give a subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of the exclusive articles that we are sure to be writing as we get more and more access to the team and the players as they're opening themselves up over these coming weeks. Make sure you get yourself some cool merchandise at our merch store. We got hats, we got shirts, we got masks so you can be safe, be responsible, and look cool while you're doing it. And also just make sure you're subscribing to all the feeds, helping out the whole DNVR family, listening to the Denver Sports Podcast, the Gaming Podcast, all that good stuff. Yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's That's really got helpful all it. for everybody. That's got yeah. coverage for all of those guys. It's great. Yeah. You get live video content like this and more. And I'll tell you what, you do not even need to be a basketball fan to enjoy the DNBA show. We're working on our version of a similar thing. Just a fun show that all of you and everyone who comes in from the outside will get to be a part of. We're hoping to do one again. We, we did a bit of a soft launch. We'll see how it goes here on our upcoming Wednesday show. Make sure that, you know, when we're not having uh, technical issues and I'm not being weird, then we've got, uh, you were usually starting right around 3 o'clock, Monday through Friday, Mountain Standard Time. Join us for those. Subscribe to everything. And just being completely awesome out there so that we can continue to be completely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.